We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is it is Wednesday, Vince, August 25th. We're now about a week and a half away from Notre Dame kicking off the, the 2021, their 2021 season, and we're four days away, right? No, yeah, three days away, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Three days away from college football games happening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Very excited. So today we're going to talk, Vince. We're going to do something that I like to do, uh, and and this was this was one of the things I love to do when I worked with Lou at at, uh, at, at Blue and Gold. Is yeah, yeah, because you you could get Lou. He never liked doing bold predictions, but then we would do them. They were always awesome. <laughs> of course they were, because you know, they were cause, well thought out. Like you know, because you practically know, and they were surprising anyway. because you know you're like, wow, Lou, that's. That's pretty bold, man. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, so they were always fun to do, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I like doing them, right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also think that they're they're kind of a way to tell people, like, hey, if things go right, mm-hmm. this is what we think could happen. So, right. we're going to do offense today, and, and when we do bold predictions, we're not going to do like outlandish things that aren't possible, like. Notre Dame is going to break the single season scoring record of college football and average 59.8 points. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we're doing. We're not getting crazy. We're, we're trying to look. We actually think can happen. Can happen I mean, if everything kind of goes right the way we expect it to go. Right. And so that's the point of the bold predictions is if, if Notre Dame is going to win a title this year, these are the things that we believe could be the keys to that happening. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be either positive or negative. And, and I'll just say, well, they're allowed to be negative, but we don't have any negative ones. So uh, we're both kind of fired up and excited about yeah. this team. So normally I, I kind of have a negative one or two. but It didn't I even just, cross my mind to go negative, I, to be honest I, with I you. I don't really have anything that I could say that I would predict. No, uh, seven guys are going to get hurt and miss the season. <laughs> right? I, I, you know, right. something crazy. <laughs> but barring that, I just I think there's going to be a really good football team. I think it's going to be a really yeah. good offense. Right. How good? That's the question. And that's Absolutely. where it gets down to with our bold predictions event. So we're going to go through. We got five each. There's one that we're on. Well, there's there's kind of two that we're similar on or the same on. Okay. And then some other threes that we're not. So, Vince, let's start off. We're going to start off. Let you kind of give yours first. Okay. And yours have to do with the Notre Dame pass game. Yes. And I and I will give credit where credit is due. Um, I came up with this because I was on uh, Sports Beat on our local WSBT radio station. They have the daily talk show with Sean Styers, who's been on the show with us. And uh, I'm on with him every Monday and Friday. And he asks, you know, sports-related questions every week, right? And <clears throat> I guess last year, Notre Dame had two players hit 40 receptions uh, on the season. And the question was, how many do I think will hit this year? How many Irish players will have 40 or more receptions uh, in 2021? And so that's where I, that's where the genesis of this 
bold prediction came from, right? And so I, I got to give question, uh, credit to Sean Styers. But so you're my, saying what I should have had Sean on today is what you're probably. Saying. I mean, probably <laughs> he's he's you know a master of the art, um, right? But uh, my answer to that question was four. Uh, so I think there's going to be four Notre Dame players with 40 or more uh, receptions, and that would be a first in the Brian Kelly era, which right. is why I feel it is also a bold prediction. And I I put names to those players. I, I, Michael Mayer, I think that's a, a no-brainer. Yeah. If Kevin Austin is healthy, I think he he's a no-brainer uh, getting 40 or more. Kyron Williams, I think we'll have 40 yeah. or more. And then the, the fourth one, I guess I kind of cheated a little bit. It's either going to be Avery Davis or Lawrence Keyes. So okay. either or will hit 40 um, out, out of those two. So four players will have 40-plus receptions. I, I really do think Jack Cohn's going to spread the ball around. I think they're going to throw the ball when they need to uh, and when they want to as well. I think that's a key, that's a key phrase here. Um, so I think four players are going to get 40 or more. And just for context, just to kind of – because Vince and I talked a little bit about this last night. No, the, the most Notre Dame has had in, in the Brian Kelly era uh, is three. Correct. That was 2018. Now, they actually came close to getting four that they year. They did. Because Alizé Mack had 36. But you had Miles Boykin at 59, Chase Claypool at 50, Chris Fink at 49, Alizé Mack at 36. It's a pretty good football team. Yeah. And the, after that, they've never really been close. You know, 2019, they had three guys over 40. Say, well, they were close. And they won't, yeah, but the next highest guy in receptions was 16. So they weren't really close. 2017, they didn't have anybody with 40 catches. Crazy. Uh, which, well, when you ran the ball the way they did and missed as many targets and kept certain guys on the bench the whole game. Uh, 2016, they only had one guy at 40. 2015, they only had two. And they had three guys that were th- between 26 and 31, so not real close. Uh, 2014, you only had two. And then you had another guy at 39 and another 30. So, you know, somewhat close in, in 2014. 2013, you only had two. Yet another guy with 32. And then the next closest was 15. So you, right. you're getting the point here, right? Like 50 yeah. uh, in 2012, they had 50, 50, 36, and 31. So that was a year where they were somewhat close to getting. This. So the point is, this hasn't happened a whole lot. I'd say the closest that they came, I would say, even maybe closer than 2018, Vince, was 2011. Michael Floyd had 100 catches. Tyler Eifert had 63. And then Theo Riddick and TJ Jones both had 38. Yeah, very so that close. Was the closest that they've been. So, yeah, that's a that's a. I mean, when you're doing something you haven't done in a in a coach's eleven previous years, a coach that's been to played for the title three times and had the success their name has had, that's a that's a. I would say that's a pretty bold prediction. So, yeah, so, I mean, well, like I said, I have a lot of confidence in the past game, unlike some others, and um, I just I feel really good about where these receivers are at, right? And and I guess it's also a renewed faith. I don't know if it's renewed is the right word, but a faith in, in what the running backs are going to do out of the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. And I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll oh. get to that. Right? You've got it in yours. I've got it in mine. We'll get to that. <laughs> Patience, Grasshopper. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll go my first bold prediction, Vince, and I'm I'm going to actually go really bold here. Okay. I think. I right think. out of the gate. My first two, I think, are going to be pretty bold. My first one is Notre Dame will score at least 40 points per game this year on offense, on average, by the end of the year. That includes the postseason. So okay. I think when the season ends, this offense will average at least 40 points a game. There's a few reasons for that. Number one, okay. I think the offense is going to open things up, number one. Number two, it kind of ties into yours. If they're spreading the ball around that much, it's going to open up the run game even more, which is mm-hmm. going to make them a really balanced offense. I think they're going to take a lot of deep shots. I tried to maybe incorporate some kind of deep ball stuff into here, but I don't think a lot of it would have resonated because that's just not right. that. If I just said, hey, they're going to kill, 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 uh, complete at least 45 deep balls this year. Well, okay, relative to what? you know? Right, right. Uh, so that, But that's part of it. And then the final piece of it is they don't really play a lot of great defenses. You've got Wisconsin to Cincinnati. What's the other great defense you play? Virginia Tech? Virginia? You know, I, there there aren't a lot right. on the schedule. Right. So I think that also – and that factors into it for everybody. I mean, I, mean, I don't care how good you are if, if you're – with the exception of some of the few elite, elite teams like Bama last year, LSU and 2019 teams like that. If you're playing a schedule loaded with top 25 defenses, you're, you're, you're probably not going to score 40 points a game, right, unless you have a couple FCS teams in there. Right. So – and, of course, that would be a Notre Dame scoring record as well. Not just not just for Notre Dame under Brian Kelly, but that would be the first time it's happened in Notre Dame history. 
Uh, so, which so is that, crazy that, to me. Yeah. That 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 I, I find that very hard to believe that they haven't gotten to forty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that is very hard for me to believe, especially you know in this day and age when that's what is needed. And right. uh, you know, if, if look, if Notre Dame's going to do what we need them to do, what we want them to do, what we think they will do, I, I think that's a really attainable goal uh, on your part. I really yeah. do. And and I think the highest I believe was somewhere in, was sometime in the six. It was under era. I believe is when the highest was. So I know that they were at 36.2 in 66, right? That was a pretty good team. They were 37.6 in 68. I believe that's the record, 37.6. Now, of course, they set a scoring points record in 2019. Overall points. points overall, but of course, right. that's in a it, lot more games. I was going to say, they had a ton more games to play. Right. Yeah, that's, so I think they're going to be 40, 40 points per game. So I like that. So that's kind of where I went with my first bold prediction. You know, we've okay. been talking a lot about forty for a while, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and <laughs> and uh, and go it's for forty. Yeah, good number. So go for forty. So so let's go to your your next one, Vince, and this is going to be also a sort of a big picture one. You think Notre Dame is going to load up on all Americans in 2021? Yeah. So I was trying to find what number would be bold and yet not ridiculous right Mm -hmm. um and and so i came up again i guess (laughs) fours are wild here um i I came up with the number four i I, four all americans uh kind of cheated a little bit though i definitely cheated there's no question (laughs) about it i will explain what what, (laughs) explain your four all americans and then i'll I'll say why vince cheated yeah so i context first second or third team right right absolutely and that's so yeah all american mention Right, so whatever team they end up on, I've got four offensive players. Okay, right, so four offensive players are going to get all all American uh, mention. I got Kyron Williams, duh. I've got Jarrett Patterson, I've got Michael Mayer, and I've got Blake Fisher. And I guess the the cheating part is that I put freshman next to Fisher's name, like a freshman All American. I, I think that I'm not expecting him to have an an overall All-American season, but I think he can be one of the best freshmen out there. Um, and so I put him as a freshman All-American. So I guess that is cheating a little bit, uh, but the words All-American would be next to his name. So mm-hmm. uh, I've got four All-Americans for Notre Dame on offense. Now, we, we're going to have to set some terms here, Vince. We're going to have to – so w- when we say All-Americans, are, are you referring to anyone's All-American? Are you just talking AP? And and Because the problem is there's so many All-American lists last year. They yeah. have, do, you know how many Notre Dame, do you know how many All-Americans Notre Dame had on their offense last year? No, I do not. I'll stop my head. Did they really? Six. So you have the freshman All-American mayor, but you had Kyron Williams, Liam Eikenberg, Aaron Banks, Jarrett Patterson, and – Tommy Kramer all made at least honorable mention All-American. If you go so what, first, second, or third team, it was five. Then, of course, Mayer on the freshman. So, so what you're saying is that's not a very bold prediction. Well, I think you have to narrow it down a little bit to like more of the main awards. You know, okay. like um, so you're going to go AP. I'll say AP. I'll you know, go there. The, the ones that factor into the consensus unanimous All-Americans, right? Like that's yeah. the ones I would say. You right. Look into those. Because otherwise you like get in yours like, and my All-Americans. Right. So like yeah. Tommy Kramer was – or excuse me, um, Jared Patterson was an honorable mention All American from like Phil Steele, right? Uh, that that's you know, Kyron Williams is, was second team from Sporting News, third team from Phil Steele. You know, so I'd say I'd want to kind of, uh, I'd want to kind of hammer in on sort of. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I feel good about those four guys. Yeah. I, I yeah. do. I feel good about those four guys. So I would say AP. I'm fine with that. Like yeah. I. And there may be a couple other guys that sneak in on one of those other lists. You know, like I said, Kevin Austin, if he has mm-hmm. the season that we think he's going to have, I think he could sneak in on a list someplace. Uh, but those four, I think, will be mainstream All-Americans. Okay. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So my mine was, I'm going to stick kind of statistics because, you know, that's kind of what I do. But I'm predicting that Notre Dame is going to average at least 475 yards of offense per game. 475. Uh, 475. Wow. Now, for context, if you look at what Notre Dame has done in recent seasons, uh, Notre Dame last year was at – let me pull this up here real quick. Last year, Notre Dame was at 448. 2019, they were at 431. Then 440.1, 448, 417. The highest under Brian Kelly so far was 466.4 in 2015. Uh, and then it was 444, 405, 412, 413, and 379 in year one. To put it in context from a national standpoint, 475 last year would have met, ranked them 19th. That was a bit higher because there was a lot of teams that played few games. So like of the right. top of the teams in the top 25 or the top 15, Kent State played four games, Ohio State played eight, Toledo played six, Western Michigan played six, right. Fresno played six, Arizona State played four. So not that many games to divide right. up. The year before, 475 would have ranked them 11th. In 2018, 475 would have ranked them 15th again. Okay. In 2017, 475 would have ranked them 16th, just behind. So to, in 2016, 475 would have ranked them 21st, so one of the lower years. Uh, so you know it's, it puts them in that top 25 category. And I think for Notre Dame, the fact that they don't have a uh, an FBS opponent on there, the one MAC team they're playing is a pretty good MAC team. Right. I think that's a good number. And again, that's minimum 475. Right. So you're saying so, the Notre Dame is going to have a top 15 offense in the yeah, country? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, because because 40 well, points per game. Know. Yeah. I mean, for again, we're just if we're just talking raw data events, I mean, you're you're right on on that because scoring offense last year, 40 points per game would have put them right at 40. Would have put them at 13. Yeah. The year before, 40 would have put them at nine. The year before that, 40 would have put them at 13. In 2017, 40 would have put them at nine again. 2016, 40 would have put them at 12, right? Get the point. So top 10, 12 to 15 minimum with both yeah. of those. And, and I yeah. think that they kind of have to go hand in hand, right? Absolutely. Part of this prediction Absolutely. too is I expect the third down offense to be as good, you know, close to as good as it was last year. But I think it's going to be more explosive offense, which is where the yards and the points come from. But also this doesn't happen if they don't get better in the red zone. And I'm anticipating better red zone production, which is going to lead into one of my, my other bold predictions here in a little bit but so number three Vince this is one you and I were kind of on the same page on and okay. that was the kind of production that we're going to see from Jack Cohn assuming he's healthy and it, it also ties into your your first one yeah and and this is this is why I shouldn't talk to you uh you know off the air because you and I were kind of like chatting back and forth last night as we were kind of having a meeting about kind of hurts man well <laughs> get, hold, I'm getting yeah listen to my reasoning and you and I were talking about what we think Jack Cohn can be this year, and we we could both kind of we threw out some numbers and then some things like that. And the numbers that you threw out like stuck in my head, and I couldn't get them out. Like it it was, yes, this is this is what I think can happen as well. Um, and, and so I put Jack Cohn at thirty five hundred yards and forty and thirty touchdowns. Excuse me, thirty mm -hmm. touchdowns. Um, because those are the numbers that were dancing around in my head, and then you kind of said it, and I was like, yeah. That's kind of what I think that, you know, that's where I'm at too. Um, so I don't know if I'm clouded just because of, uh, of that conversation, but that's what I was thinking as well. And I think you and I are absolutely on the same page when it comes to the production that we think Jack Cohn can have and, and, and how that production is going to lead to production for other guys. Right. And, and so, that is a bold yeah. prediction. There's only been yeah. one quarterback in Notre Dame history that has done both of those in the same season. And that's Brady Quinn in 2005. Right. Right, and that's that's right. that's some lofty company in right. Notre Dame quarterback history. Right, and Jimmy Clausen obviously threw for over thirty five hundred yards in two thousand nine, but he only threw twenty eight touchdowns. 
Uh, Everett Golson in 2014 threw for almost 3,500 yards and almost 30 touchdowns, but didn't get to either. He was a 34-45 passing and then 29 touchdowns. Close. And and then, of course, uh, Tommy Reese in 2013 threw for uh, 3,200 yards and 27 touchdowns. So, uh, you know, he didn't get to either one of those. So, yeah, it's and then, of course, Brady Quinn had over 30 touchdown passes in 2006, but he didn't get to 3,500 yards. So 2005, Brady Quinn is the only time that that has happened in Notre Dame history, I believe. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and really, honestly, there's only been two quarterbacks in history to get over 30, you know, like to get really anywhere over 3,500 yards, and that was Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen, right. and Ever Golson, right? The, there's there's been three. <clears throat> no, it, yeah, it's Jimmy Clausen and Brady Quinn. That's it. I believe they're the only two quarterbacks to ever get over 3,500 yards. I'm actually going to look that up because now you know how these things go in my head, Vince. These things kind of <laughs> it's never going to leave gonna bother me for the rest of the show. And you're like, hey, Brian, what were you talking about? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to think about whether or not. Uh, but I believe Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen are the only two quarterbacks in their name history to go over 3,500 yards in season. Now, Ian Book had over 30 touchdowns in 2000. He had 34 passing touchdowns in 2019, but he didn't sniff 3,500 yards. He was barely right. over 3,000. So I'm going to I'm gonna look this up here real quick, Vince, because I want to make surprised. sure we're, we're on the same page here, or sure, at least yeah. that we have some context here. So passing yards in a season. Yeah, Brady Quinn in 2005 threw for 3,919 yards, and then Jimmy Clausen threw for 3,722. And there's only been two other quarterbacks to go over 34. That was Everett Golson in 2014, as we mentioned. Yeah. And then Brady Quinn again in 2006, threw for 3,426. There's only been seven seasons in Notre Dame history where a quarterback is thrown for over 3,000 yards. That's it. Yeah. And that's not me pulling a loose emoji. I'm literally looking right at it. Right. You know, so, right. Right. And then, and then, and touchdown passes. It's it's it's. There's only been three quarterback. There's only been two quarterbacks in Notre Dame history to get to thirty touchdown passes. Brady Quinn did it twice, and Ian Book did it in 2019. Right. Uh, yeah. Ever Golson threw 29. Jimmy Clausen 28. Tommy Reese 27. Deshaun Kaiser 26. Right. So you're kind of getting the point. The only quarterback not of the Brian Kelly or Charlie Weiss era to be on the all-time touchdown, you know, in the single season. Excuse me is Ron Paulus who threw 19 in 1994, right? So it's just not something quarterbacks have done a lot in Notre Dame, okay? So that's also something we have to – I mean, honestly, Vince, there's only been eight – there's only been ten quarterbacks in no, – no, hold on a second. Ten quarterbacks in Notre Dame history who have had 30 touchdown passes in their careers combined. Like all their seasons. So what you're saying so, is we might be loony for, here for Notre. No, no, I'm just saying like the game has <laughs> right. changed, but also I'm right, trying to put yeah. context to the fact that this is a bold prediction. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because also it's going to tie into our next point. Cause I also was at 3,500 plus and 30 plus was my bold prediction as well. So we're there. Cause as you said, we talked about it last night, but the reason it adds to that also is kind of leads into our next bold prediction. And it's a similar topic as well. And you have some thoughts on the running game. So yes, again, that's what makes us bold is not just the passing, but it's also right. what else you expect to happen. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very confident what this offense can do, and I think they're going to be balanced. I mean, as much as my first two were very much pass-heavy, right, because we're talking about you know Jack Cohn's yards and his touchdowns and four Notre Dame players over 40 receptions, that's all pass-related, right? Well, I also had on here both Chris Tyree – and Kyron Williams get over a thousand yards on the ground. Now, of all of my bold predictions, this is the one that I think is going to be the most difficult. But at the same time, Notre Dame plays 13 games. I'm confident they're going to play 13. There you got 12 regular season, you got one postseason game, right? That's that's the minimum in my eyes, right? If they do that, each one of them has to average 76 yards a game. And I think that's very doable. I, I do. Um, you know, that that obviously allows for a couple games where, you know, one goes well over 100 and, and the other guy maybe doesn't have a good, but then they reverse or whatever the case may be, right? Um, I think they've got a great shot. And, and the last time that Notre Dame was even close to having two guys over 1,000 was 2017 with Josh Adams with 1,400 and Wimbush with 940. Right, um, he was a quarterback. And he's right. the quarterback. And 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 I, as I was looking back through the Brian Kelly era uh, for rushing yards, 
whenever they were close to having two 1,000 yards rush. By, by the way, Brandon Wimbush technically only had 803. Okay. Because you didn't take sacks gained. out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you didn't take um, sacks out. The, the only time that they were close to getting 2,000-yard rushers was a lot of times when the quarterback was number two. Right. Um, and, and look, I'm not anticipating Jack Cohn anywhere near that, obviously, right? So, right. Um, but I just I think that the one-two punch that Notre Dame has in the backfield is really, really good. I, I mm-hmm. think they've got the best one-two punch in the country. And if, if North Carolina can have 2,000-yard runners, I feel like Notre Dame can have 2,000-yard runners. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's that simple for me. And yeah. I, I think they've got the dudes to do it. So that's one of my bold predictions. I, I believe, Vince, and I've said this before, I believe. I think I've said this before. If Jonas Gray doesn't get hurt against Boston College, Notre Dame would have had 2,000-yard backs in 2011. I think that's the only other time that I really felt like two running backs had sure. a chance to get to 1,000 yards. Uh, but it's just not something that, from a running back standpoint, they've really sniffed since then. And part of it, I mean, the, the, you could look at 2015 – because you had CJ Procise is over a thousand, Josh Adams was was over eight hundred, but that was also aided by the fact that CJ Procise got hurt. Yeah, they, they weren't running. Josh Adams wasn't really playing until CJ Procise got hurt. Right. So it's a little bit of a different situation. You're, we're talking about this being two guys, in your opinion, two guys that will get to a thousand yards. Yes. I I didn't quite go there. It, it's a bold I one. I, right. I didn't quite go with you there. I went a different angle with the two backs. I have them down as both getting over two. I think they'll combine for at least 2,500 all-purpose yards of offense, of offense. So just okay. not, not, return not, game. not return game. Because I think they would have got to that last year with the return game. They would have got close to that last year with the return game. Yeah. Because Chris Tyree had almost 1,000 yards, I believe, of of returns last year. So it's just it's not a, a super impressive number if you put special teams on there. Right. For me, it's it's – yeah, Chris Tyree. Yeah, actually, they they were at two thousand four hundred and fifty five last year in twelve games with special teams. Are you added that up in your head that fast? I mean, it's right Good here side you. by side. It's one thousand four hundred thirty eight for Still. Kyron Williams, one thousand seventeen for oh, Chris Tyree. All purpose. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like th- yeah. looking at taking the return game into it, because uh, Chris Tyree had you know four hundred fifty six kick returns and four hundred ninety six rushing and sixty five receiving. So he was a he was over a thousand. Mm-hmm. And then Kyron Rims obviously was over fourteen hundred, so I, I don't think that would be very bold. I'm simply talking strictly about rushing and receiving yards. I don't think I don't think Chris Tyree is going to get to thousand rushing yards. I just don't. I don't okay. think. I don't think. I think it's going to be hard for them to do that and throw the ball that we're the way we're thinking they're going to throw the ball. Yeah. I here but, here's go ahead. Yeah. So I, I for me, I think his. I think there's going to be a lot more receiving game production from those two. I, and that's why I just I think they're going to throw the ball more than than you sh- would be able to in or in my opinion that to have two thousand yard backs because the reason I'd say that is is we've seen this before like Oklahoma in two thousand eight had two thousand yard running backs and a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback but that was also an, an air raid up tempo offense sure Notre Dame's not going to doesn't have that kind of offense it's more of a pro style offense so I just don't think the attempts are going to be there in the run game it, they'd have to both average like seven plus yards per game again look at the offenses that are doing that north carolina last year air raid you know what i mean it's just a different kind of deal i I don't think the notre dame offense is going to do that but i think the pass game production between the two of them i think they'll i think they'll get to two thousand yards combined rushing i just think kyron's going to have a bigger chunk of that but when you throw in the pass game production that's where i think you're going to get well past 2500 no, I see I that. I thought about going twenty seven hundred, but I wanted to be somewhat a little bit more realistic. Realistic, yeah, I get that. I, and my my thought process on this, and I'll stick to my guns because I, I think I think Chris Tyree is going to be breaking some long runs. I think he's got an opportunity to. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's not cheating, though. All those yards count. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, I think he's going to get some chunk plays that are going to benefit him in the long run. Of of gaining to that thousand yards, right? right? And I think Kyron Williams is going to do what Kyron Williams does. I mean, he's going to continue to be him. He's not necessarily going to break big long runs. Yes, he had that one against Clemson, obviously, which was awesome. Um, but I think the opportunities for Chris Tyree to break those long ones because of the passing game and because, like, you split Kyron Williams out. Well, now they're kind of paying attention to him out in the slot, and then boom, Chris Tyree breaks a long run, right? Right. I I, I feel like Chris Tyree is going to benefit 
from some of those long runs, and that's where I was looking yeah, at the thousand uh, yards. Agree. I agree with that. I just I don't know if he's going to. I also think part of this too is is we're not going to see him in the fourth quarter like we did last year. That's that's. I think we're going to see Logan Diggs and Audrey yeah. estimate in the fourth quarter of games this year because Chris is going to be. I think this year I agree with you on the running game part of it as far as the big plays. I think where Kyron's going to have some big plays this year is in the pass game. Yeah. Uh, you get because here's the thing yeah. about him, he's a real shifty dude. You get him in space. Yes. Oh. You know I. I think that's where he's going to It's an underrated part of his game mm-hmm. are his hands. Um, yeah. And people are going to see that this year. There's no question. Yeah. We do have a super yes, chat. Yes, we do. From okay. Mark Krizmanich. says, no questions. Just love you guys and keep it up, Mark. I appreciate that. Thanks, Mark. Very, that's very awesome. Very, that very is much. awesome. Absolutely. Love the support. We had another gold member sign up today, Vince, to the Booster Club. So uh, – I still can't. I'm glad Angela talked me into doing that. I can't believe the support we've gotten. That's just people saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm not a message board guy. I just I want to support what you guys do." That's it, which is it, awesome. I can't tell you how much it it means to us to to have that. Can Can I throw this up here real quick? One of these sure. comments. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jughead Jones uh, says, "Is Vince doing the stream from lockup uh, from a high school?" So essentially, yes. I mean, a South End High School, so basically, it's, yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty, uh, pretty close. So I'm in a classroom. <laughs> I just thought that was funny as I was scrolling through. I decided to throw that up there. <laughs> Vince doing it from lockup. That's really good. <laughs> so Vince, we've had you down for. Uh, we've got the four reception, the forty four points of forty receptions. We've got yep. thirty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns from Jack Cohn, which yep. I agree with. We've got Chris Tyree and Cardwims are both going to go for a thousand yards. You have which turned out not to be so bold prediction of four all Americans on offense. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Whoops. And then the last one is also a personal one, but it's going to be kind of the same thing. So I, I, I was a little surprised you didn't go with this one as part of your all Americans too, but you have, you think, yeah, Jack, good point. you think Jack Cohn's going to get some, some, again, if, if he does what he does there, right. 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns from a Notre Dame quarterback equals Heisman love. I mean, I, it look. And not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying that right? at all. We haven't gone love. full homer. Okay. I said, I said love, and yeah. and I, and here and here's my basis for that too. I mean, we all know what kind of season Ian Book had statistically. I, I'm just sticking to the facts, ma'am. Uh, statistically, did not have a very good season, and he came in. He got five first place votes in the Heisman race and came in ninth overall, but five. First place votes. Just let that sink in for a second. Of all the guys that were in college football last year, there were five humans out there that thought Ian Book was the best player in college football. Okay? If that's the case, then then if Jack Cohn does what we think Jack Cohn is going to do, he should be in the top 10 as well. I mean, he should get some love. He should be, you know, he should be in that conversation. So, um, thank you. That was um, that that I think. Look, you're the quarterback for Notre Dame, and all the bad stuff that goes with that. There's a lot of good stuff that goes with that too, and that's what Ian Book was able to feast off of. Obviously, right? He got the recognition because they went undefeated in the regular season. They beat Clemson in the regular season. All of that, right? If Jack Cohn does what we think he can do, that the history is going to repeat itself. Notre Dame is going to have a very good record at the end of the season, um, and he's going to get that love because he's the quarterback at Notre Dame. So. Um, it may not be a Super Bowl prediction, but it's on the coattails of I, some I of my other predictions. I think it's kind of a bold prediction. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you talked about uh, real quick. We have a super chat here down from super Patrick. Chat? Uh, Kyra needs to hold on to the football this year. Can't have another year like that. I I, I agree with that. I, I don't think. Sure. I think sometimes the fumbles get a little bit overplayed a little bit. Last year's, I think, with Kyron though, I thought they came at bad times. Yeah. I think people can look at and say, well, you know, guy had three or four fumbles. Okay, I can live with that. You know, he was trying to stretch one out. But no, Kyron's kind of came at a bad time. So I, I do think for him that is something that that has to improve. And I expect it to. I mean, he's a year older. He was a redshirt freshman last year. Yeah, uh, good point. But, uh, but yes, Patrick. But also thank you for the super chat, Patrick. Absolutely. Chat. That yeah. is all. How many, how many times did he put it on the ground? I'm looking forward in the stats, and I'm just not sure where they – Put fumbles. He, he, he lost a couple. I know he lost one against um, 
a BC, for example, uh, I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But yeah, uh, but I, I mean, I can kind of do that while you're talking a little bit. But you, the, the way you're saying about Ian Book, though, Vince, Ian Book had. I'm just trying to look. He only had 2,830 yards last year total. He had 2,601 in the regular season, including the ACC championship game. That's an average of 236 and a half passing yards a game. His overall numbers were he ranked 34th in right. passing yards per game. I mean, he had 15 33rd, 33rd in quarterback rating, and he threw 15 touchdowns. That's it. Right. And right. Yeah, he ran the ball, but he, he ran the ball for 485 yards and nine touchdowns. So even with the rushing, he had 24. He only had 24 touchdowns last year. Right. And he, you know, in, in right. the Heisman voting, he had five first place votes. Five yeah. second place votes and 13 third place votes. Right. I mean, I mean, Justin Fields saying. had 22 passing touchdowns in six and eight games. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, if you look at like Justin Fields, for example, if you, you know, I mean, he had, you take out the seven he had in the postseason, he had, he had as many touchdown passes in six games as Ian Book had in 12. And, and, and Book uh, got five first place votes for the Heisman Trophy. And and here's your here's your trivia stat of the day: Justin Fields and Ian Book had the exact same amount of first place votes in the Heisman voting. So, <laughs> which I wouldn't have given Justin Fields one either, just because I wouldn't even either games. You but know, they but, still got the same amount, yeah. right? Like, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> just, right. Yeah, it's a little mind blowing. So the point uh, being, to Vince's point, is yeah. you know Ian Book can account for twenty four touchdowns in the season. Mac Jones can account for 42 and there were five people on this earth that co- that are paid apparently to cover college football or, f- or former players or whatever. Uh, Cause those, they also vote who thought that somehow, some way Ian book was more deserving than Mac Jones. And I think those people think those are people that think Notre Dame has no talent. Right. And Ian books this, you know, they buy into the, he's the winner thing, but right, you know what? Exactly. Their opinion's not going to change this year. They're going to no. all of a sudden think Notre Dame's loaded with players. And and I I think if, if there was a Notre Dame player that should get Heisman contention, I'd say it's probably Kyron, but right. that's just the nature of the Heisman Trophy. It's a predominantly quarterback driven deal. Yeah, and no question. You have to put up stupid numbers at running back to win the Heisman. I mean, Derrick Henry ran for over twenty two hundred yards. That's why he won the Heisman Trophy. Kyron's not going to run for twenty two hundred yards. Yeah. So so last year the Heisman uh, Trophy, you know, top ten six were quarterbacks. Obviously, Devontae Smith won it at wide receiver. Uh, Najee Harris, Brees Hall, both came in fifth and sixth, and then Kyle Pitts was tenth as a tight mm-hmm. end. Um, right. So yeah, I mean it's quarterbacks all, all the almost always, right? I mean mm-hmm. um, either quarterbacks or running backs, but uh, quarterbacks right. predominantly. And you occasionally have that weird year like we had this year with a receiver, which doesn't right. happen a whole lot. No, no, no. The, yep. the year before in 2019. It was quarterback, 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 defensive end, Chase Young, uh, running back, running back, quarterback, running back, running back, quarterback. So there, your outlier there was Chase Young, obviously. Right. So, yeah, you don't get that very often. So 3,500 yards, 30-plus passing touchdowns from Jack Cohn will definitely get him in the Heisman consideration. Yeah. I think a more bold prediction, Vince, I'm going to actually challenge you on your bold Ooh. prediction. So finishing ninth is kind of whatever. Right. 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 You're right. Do you think Jack – is going to be a top five guy. Do you think he's going to be a finalist? How high hmm. up the up the uh, the Heisman list do you see Jack Cohn finishing? I think that would be a little bit more indicative of how bold you're willing to go with this one. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and finalists are usually anywhere from three to five, right? Does that sound about usually right? it's like three? Yeah, yeah. Three, to, okay. three or four at the most. I I can't remember when they've brought five. It would have usually to be three. very close voting um for them to bring more than three i think they they brought three last it was Devonte smith trevor lawrence and mac jones uh last year so it was the top three and then uh it was a big drop off to kyle trask at four so yeah sure. they, they took the top three um i'm not willing to go finalist just yet although if he does go 3530 his numbers will stack up to be a finalist um, so I guess I will be semi bold and I will say top five. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think he could be top five with that. Yeah. So let's go to my, uh, my, my final prediction is, uh, 
is not nearly as bold as yours. I mean, you're talking Heisman Trophy top five. I think Michael Mayer is going to break the Notre Dame tight end single season touchdown record, which we've Ooh. had people talk about this week, but it's at six. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and that was set by Ken McAfee quite wow. a while ago. It stood that long. Wow. Yeah, Cole Komet tied it two years ago. Okay. And um, and I think that he's going to – I think that Michael Mayer is going to break it. Now, yeah. I'm going to add a little to that. I'm going to add a little to that because I think I, think I want to be a little bit more bold. But I think I'm going to go. He's going to get to double digits. I knew you were going to say that. What a great idea! I, that's bold, though. Yeah, because that's almost doubling what the record is. Um, Correct. And so that that's that's bold. That that is bold. But I will say the relationship that I see on the field between Jack Cohn and Michael Mayer is is the real deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's throwing it to Michael Mayer when he's double covered, and Michael Mayer is proving to Jack Cohn that that's probably a good idea. Um, with his play at practice. And so, yeah, I could very easily see that. And look, we know there's going to be an emphasis at Notre Dame with the red zone and what they want to do in the red zone. Uh, One really easy way to uh, inflate your red zone numbers or make them better from last year is to target 87. Uh, Because he's got to be a red zone nightmare matchup for any team that they're going to play against. But I, I think, agree. I'm adding on, not disagreeing. Sure. I agree, but I also think just being great in the red zone doesn't get you to 10 touchdowns because eventually sure. people are going to say, okay, you've got four of these. We're not going to let you do it. I think the reason I see Michael Mayer being a bigger picture is because I think he's also going to make some big plays. I think he, he's yeah. got enough ability to stretch the field. He's going to have some 35-yard sure. touchdown grabs, and 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 I think the middle of the field is going to be used a lot more. I think they're going to throw more deep balls this year, and, and I think – I just I think Tommy Reese is going to get real creative with what they do pass game wise this year, and it's I going agree. to create some op- it's going to k- create some more catch and run opportunities than we're used to seeing with these receivers, which is partly why I think that they're going to throw for more yards and all those type of things and and and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to acknowledge the super chat because um, because I appreciate the super chat, but we're we're not there yet. Okay, John Dalton yeah. says bold prediction: both Foskey and Amosa have double digit sacks. Uh, we're going to get to that tomorrow. Defense is tomorrow. Defense That's will right. be tomorrow. Today we're going to focus on the Notre Dame offense, but that doesn't I like mean I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I certainly appreciate. Yes, the super chat. I like no, where your head no is, question John. about it. I do. So I want to go through here, Vince. Before we answer some other questions, I, I you know, I, I want to make this part of the show. Is I want to go through some of the bold predictions that that our listeners have. So we're, yes. we're going to go through those too. So that's a great idea. Uh, again, I said some people are missing the the whole point of a bold prediction. <laughs> Corey D says bold predictions, nothing changes, and Kelly and company choose to play less talented players because they have experience. Salerno gets more receiver time than L Keys and Styles, etc. LOL. Uh, I will say that's, that's not a bold, a bold prediction. That's a sad prediction, man. Well, like, it's bold in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that bold is kind of what they've done. Like, I mean, that's that's kind of. Wouldn't you yeah. be surprised though if that went down? Though I would be surprised if that took place. That would be deep that's down a to me. Deep down, I would not be. Oh, Just because, again, yeah. right now I'm in that optimistic season's about to start thing, and I think Tom Reese is going to take this in a different direction. Yeah, I do. I so I don't see that happening. But would it surprise me? No, because it would just be that. Okay, what's well, BK being BK? Yeah, here we you go. Know? But I just go. think this year's going to be different. I do it. He's done too many things this offseason, beginning with Marcus Freeman being hired, right? That are so against what he's done in the past. Exactly. I truly don't anticipate him going back to that guy. I think he's gotten to the point where, like, you know, we're we're close. We're closer than people realize. And I think, I think that's I think that's partly why Brian Kelly was so pissed off after the Alabama game last year. He was super snappy at reporters who were asking legitimate questions. Uh, I think he was mad because I think he realized we should have been able to play with this team. Now, I think he thought because of the circumstances of the season and injuries and all this other kind of stuff that he didn't, you know, that they felt that's what they needed to do. Sure. But I think deep down he looked at it and said, boy, this, we should have, we should have been, this is the kind of Bama team we should have been more competitive. And with. there's things we could have done to be more competitive with the roster that we had. I really yeah. do feel like he thought or, that. Yeah. Or, or the roster's not far, very far away from right. being there. Right. So I really don't think he's going to do that. But would it surprise me? I mean, 11 years in, 12 years in, no. Yeah, I just it would don't surprise think it's going to happen. It would surprise me. Based on everything you just said, it would surprise me. Yeah. I, I, I'm confident. I'm, and I, You're right. I'm in the same place you yeah. are as far as preseason confidence. 
We have another super chat from Scott Merzinger. Thank you very much for that, yeah, Scott. Scott. And said, in clips, Cone's delivery looks superior. Is his experience in play here? Is it mostly genetics? Uh, <laughs> B, did your arm improve as you matured in college? Yeah. Yeah. When I was in college, my arm was definitely stronger when I was a senior than it was when I was a freshman. Uh, I didn't really lift weights in high school. I just threw. I played. I, 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 we didn't. We had a really tiny weight room in my high school, and I – I didn't like lifting weights. I like being, I like throwing, I like running, I like playing ball. I like doing things that were going to improve my more technical skills. Cause I, you know, the, my high school was kind of, we did this. I did, I was supposed to do the same workout that the offensive lineman did. It was yep. you know, one of those was stupid. I was like, ah, yep. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, you know, being a arrogant, yeah. hard headed dude that I was, I wasn't much of a, a, a lifter. And when it was, it was like, I did stuff that like I thought would build up my core and you know, my, you know, that kind of stuff. So things that were more, uh, I felt quarterback friendly, but, uh, when I got to college and I got a better weight strength program, obviously I saw, I got stronger. I, my body matured and I got better. Right. Uh, I think the other thing too is Scott is, is it's not that it's not that his, his delivery looks better than, I mean, in the past, it's more of, he's in a different offense. Now, Wisconsin was a pro old school pro style yeah. drop back, Seven step drop, five step and gather, under center, play yeah. action, downfield offense. There weren't a lot of catch and throws. There, you know, it, there was some of that, but there wasn't a lot of that. And this offense is more geared towards that. It's going to be more shotgun based. I think a lot of this is, you know, him being in the shotgun more than he was. He was rarely in the shotgun at Wisconsin. Right. And, and when it was, it was kind of passing downs and things like that. So I think those are things for it. But I also think part of it is, is working. Hey, I'm in a new offense now. I got to do some things. I mean, he worked with Phil Sims right this offseason, right? One of the things they were working on in that video that, that we saw was getting rid of the ball quickly, throwing off platform, doing some of those kind of things. So, I mean, it takes work to do that. If your body's not conditioned to do that, you're you're not going to do that. If your body's conditioned to get the deep drops, gather plant you know get that drive and all right. that. that's what you're going to do if your offense is more i got to always kind of be on the balls of my feet and get rid of that ball quickly then that's what you know you, you're going to need to train your body to do that also so i i think that certainly that's part of it do i think jack cone's arm got a lot stronger between his his last time he was at wisconsin and now yeah i think so it was a junior in high school or junior in college the last time we saw him play right he's had two years in the weight room since then uh he also was someone who went had to dealt with a lower body injury when usually if you're a hard worker and you have a lower body injury like he had broken foot you're going to spend a little bit more time on that upper body and and i think and and then of course he's spent the last eight months in the matt bayless strength program which i think we would all agree is pretty good and you look at ian book ian book's arm got a lot stronger by the time he was a senior than it was sure when he was a freshman. yeah absolutely and, and so yeah i think his arm got stronger but i don't think his arm got significantly stronger vince i think it was just more about uh just the offense that he played in is giving him more opportunities and then training to do those kind of things. Got one more. What's that? Vince? Well, I, I'm going to add to this just real quick. And I also think there's a confidence level in Jack Cohn. Um, and when you are confident in where you're putting the ball, so it's, um, it just comes out faster and it comes out stronger yeah. when, when you're doing it with conviction. And he is right now. He's, he is playing like a guy who's running the offense. Right. And, and it was constant. He wasn't. The right. run game right. ran the offense. Exactly. He was a protect right. the run game. Now yep. it's more of a, you know, co-equal branches of government kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas before he was kind of like, you know, uh, you know, you're not as important as the run game. You just make sure that you do what you're asked to do. And, yeah. And don't turn and the ball. And that can invigorate a guy too. Yeah. Patrick yep. Barnes also with a super chat. Bold prediction. Jack Cohn completion percentage is over 70% when the regular season ends. Thanks for another great podcast. I could see that. I mean, yeah. Ian Book was there in 2018. Ian Book was over 70% in 2018 going into the postseason. He ended up at 68, what was this, 68.4, something like that. It was like high, that, yeah, yeah. But that was going 50% in the in the game against Clemson, which right. dragged it down a couple points. That's so, possible. That's bold, yeah. but it's possible yeah. for sure. Yeah, no question. Yeah. No Thanks question. for the Super Chat, Patrick. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Eric, stay on the Jack Cone threat. Eric, 1863, bold Ooh. prediction. Jack Cone wins the Heisman. That's a little too bold for me just because I don't think the nature of the offense will allow him to put up some of the stupid numbers that some of these other quarterbacks are going to put up. Having said that, I don't think there is going to be a Mac Jones this year. 
I don't yeah. think there's going to be a Trevor Lawrence this year. I look at the crop of quarterbacks, and unless somebody that's not starting yet breaks out, maybe DJ Wongala, Lele, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I always get that wrong, Vince. That's, can you, say, close, can you say it correctly? Because I don't want to disrespect his name. I just can't ever sure. get it right. What's his it, name? Yeah, it's Ui Ongalale. Okay. Okay. I just can't say it right. It's no disrespect to DJ. I think he's a heck of a quarterback. <laughs> and if you've seen his dad, the last thing I want to do is piss off that guy. Wow. Um, That's a man. So, yeah. So, unless he has like a crazy year, he's the only one to me that that would carry enough hype plus – you know, I just – I don't see Bryce Young being that guy. I don't see CJ Stroud being that guy. Uh, maybe Spencer Rattler, but I don't know. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing. So, so – you know, it's it's kind of like when we talk about their name winning national championship. It's kind of that year where if it's going to happen, this would kind of be the year for it, right? Uh, I do. I will say that he'd have to be a little bit more than thirty five hundred and thirty. I would say Vince. I think he's got to be closer to forty total touchdown. Now he yeah. could be thirty three passing and then four or five running. You know that'd be a little different. Uh, but he's going to have to be closer to four and four, four and forty, in my opinion, four thousand yeah. and forty touchdowns. Which yeah. Be nice if four and forty would be the thing that got Notre Dame to the to that level. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually. Matt Sakalowski, I like this bold prediction: Bama and Notre Dame national championship rematch this year. Now, again, that's not really we're going to talk about those kind of things on Saturday, but right. it's not going to be a bold prediction thing. So I kind of I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I think that's very well. They're very much in the realm of possibility with the way the college football landscape is this year. Yeah, I, I think. I think that's – I mean, if Notre Dame runs the table, if they win the games that they're favored to win, which is all of them, um, except for, I guess, the Wisconsin game by a point and a half. Which is dumb. <laughs> Don't get that. Um, but if they if they win the games they're favored to win and they take care of their business, I, I could see this being the case because this is a different Notre Dame team. And if they're playing the way we think they're going to play, they've got a shot at you know getting past that first round of the playoff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Alabama is going to be favored to win that first round of the playoff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is not out of the realm of possibility. And Wait I know that till you see my predictions for the playoff on Saturday. Oh, see, I haven't even started that yet. Yeah. So, yeah, OK, it's going to be fun. Tommy Guns is going full bowl. He talk about some people not buying into it. Tommy is going to the extreme on his bold predictions. Wow. It's like bold with capital B O L D with about 12 exclamation marks after. Wow. My man, Tommy Gunn says 4,500,000, 4,500 passing yards for Jack Cone or the offense, 3,300 total yards from the running backs. Mike Mayer gets eight TDs. So he also predicts. Okay. Okay. Notre Dame players win the O'Brien. That'd be the cone. That'd be Cone. Walker. That'd be Kyron Williams. In Mackey Awards, that's tight, tight end, end. Michael Mayer, and place another in the top five for the Bolitnikoff, which is the top receiver. He's wow. going full, like Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, yeah. breakout, <laughs> like total change. I mean, I love it. If that Dame. was the case, that'd be fantastic. If Notre Dame, if that happens, then this has definitely happened, at least the, the Notre Dame part of it. If this happens, if that's the production Notre Dame pu- puts up, this I'm being serious. Let's just say that's what Notre Dame does this year, just for argument's sake. Not right. only will they not lose a game, they won't have a close game all year. Right. With the defense Notre Dame has, correct. even if their defense takes a small step back, <laughs> if they do that on offense, unless they have 1,200 yards in one game, you know, that that's, that's I mean, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be playing for the championship. Night I don't night. know if they'll win it, but they'll be playing for the championship. Because yeah. they're going to have to play a 14th game, too. Right. True. To, to get to that point, in my opinion. Still, no question. May say, K says there's 45, 499 members on the message board. Come on, one more for five big ones. And I think we have actually passed that. But um, that number isn't quite accurate because there's, uh, we made a lot of, as we were testing out the message board, uh, we made a lot of it. We made, you know, a dozen or 20, you know, some accounts to kind of allow us to go in there and test different things. So we're not quite there yet. But the way we've grown, so just to give him a heads up, that's double what our goal was by the end of August. No doubt. And uh, so we're we're super excited. It's awesome. That. There's some good conversations going on over there. Really is. Just Matt Romero with another uh, – I'm sorry, Vince. I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, you're good. Chat. I just want – I'm just throwing out there. I've really enjoyed some of the conversations yeah. that people are having, even the crazy ones. So yes, I, they're it's fun. enjoyable. They're yeah. fun. Matt, Matt Romero with a, with a super chat. Appreciate that very, yeah, very Matt. much. Uh, Kicking Michigan while they're down. 
Uh, <laughs> UM finishes under 500. Harbaugh is fired midseason, then oh. hired by Nick Saban in the role of energetic get back coach. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shade at Jim oh, Harbaugh. I love great. it. That's uh, beautiful. Hey, you need an energetic get back yes. coach. All right. Yes. I'm going to try to find these last couple. Um, that's awesome. Okay, here's here's a good one. It's kind of bigger picture, but it's a it's a bold prediction for the offense. Connor Nepper says, "Like the stream." Okay, I wish you loved the stream, but we'll take a like. We'll take, I'll take a, a like. like. Yeah. Uh, hope you guys are having an awesome day. We are talking Notre Dame football. How could it not be awesome? Yeah. Uh, bold prediction. As good as the defense is, I think the offense will be the glue for our team this year. Wow. And, that and is I will say prediction. this: if that's true, this is going to be a really good football team. Yes. Really good football team. If the offense is the best part of this football team, Notre Dame is gonna yeah is gonna shut up a lot of people. A lot we have, of people. We have a lot of confidence in what the defense is going to do, and mm-hmm. and yeah. So if the offense it takes the cake on this, then yes, this is going to be a very very mm-hmm. good football team. Yeah, no here, question. Here's a couple more, Matthew Southgate, because I want to get these in, Vince, before you have to leave. Okay. Uh, Matthew Southgate, Notre Dame will have three tight ends with three touchdowns or more. That's actually a pretty bold prediction. That's nine. That's at least nine touchdowns. By the tight end position. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. I think they had 11 in 2019, which was a, which is by far the most of the Brian Kelly. They've had like six, seven, eight. Like Tyler Eifert, his most he had was five. And I yeah. think that year the whole group had eight. So, so Mayor Tackus that, Bauman. That's I mean, uh, it may not seem like it because you're like, oh, three touchdowns, but like for the whole tight end group, that's actually a lot. Yeah. Um, no question. No question. Kai S, I predicted an undefeated season and at least one playoff win in 2021. Okay. And get a couple of these more bold predictions. Or uh, so a lot of these are comments that we'll get to here in a minute. Uh Andrew Goss, Blake will at minimum be at minimum a third, a three-time All-American. Okay, that's including freshmen. I think that would... Including freshmen, I think that's yeah. a very attainable Possible, goal. certainly possible. Yeah. I still, I just got to the lockup one. That's great. Uh, <laughs> that's really, that's really good. <laughs> D-Rock getting a little ahead of the game. Marcus Freeman wins DC of the year. Tomorrow, buddy. Tomorrow. So that we'll would be there. the Broyles Award yep. for Assistant Coach of the that's Year. That's right. That's right. Nick Mayer says, uh, my bold prediction is Notre Dame goes 12-0 and wins a playoff game. We will play Ohio State in a 2-3 matchup because Bama gets a in a 12-1 as the four seed. Notre Dame versus Bama for the title. I'm curious who Nick has as the number one seed. He has Ohio State and Notre Dame 2-3, and three, and he has Bama as the four, beating somebody else. I would imagine maybe Clemson. I would, maybe. So that Oklahoma. would be uh, uh, now that would be the ideal scenarios. Notre Dame gets in the playoff and beats Ohio State. That would be oh, that'd be great. That'd be Michael Johnson, who uh, Michael also said he's back in the states now. He was in Japan last time That's he right. checked into a show, so he is back welcome home back. In, in good old Florida. So welcome back, Michael. And he says his bold prediction is Jack Cohn wins the Heisman. It's bold, baby. That's what, that's yep. what we're doing. Uh, quick question, Tommy Guns, uh, Brian, for the message board, who was the first random fan to join the 100th and more specifically, which number wh- which number was I? <laughs> Do you keep track of that? I mean, I keep a track of everyone that signs up just so we know who's who and I can reach out to people. But Matt D, who posts, posts on our, our site here, uh, Matt D was the first person to sign up. So that, that was our first one. It wasn't even me. No, you get comps. You don't you pay for anything. It's, it's sign up. <laughs> I, I'm assuming he meant... Uh, I you know, know, actually I'm paying member. Let's see here. I want to see if we got any more bold predictions before you have to before you have to go, Vince. Sean Rogers has got one at twelve fifty four. Uh, I missed that one. Bold prediction: Brian Kelly plays Styles more than he plays Keys or Wilkins. Ooh, that's a bold. I prediction. didn't see that one. Yeah, that I don't like a that bold one. prediction because you're playing. That's a real bold. Over no, two. that's legitimately yeah. bold. Yeah. Caleb Robbins says, I think I believe it's more likely to have 2,000 yard running backs than for Jack to go for 3,530. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Vince, do you see any other uh, bold predictions before you get out of here? Hey, I did want you to see this before you leave, Vince. Uh, Notre Dame 2164. Hey, fellas, just wanted to say hi today and thank you for all you do. Sorry I'm not as involved as I usually am. Hopefully I'll be back to form soon. We know you're going through a lot, buddy. Okay. So we we completely understand and and uh, we'll be here. When, we'll be here, ready whenever you're to get back involved. But we're, we're we're praying for you and and your family. Absolutely. So I got one more super chat. TJ Kreider, Notre Dame runs the table at home, becomes one of the most more hostile environments in college football ahead of home and ahead of the home and home with Ohio State. That would be great. I like that. I would, 
Look, I would love nothing more than for Notre Dame to be on those lists of like most hostile home yes. crowds, like toughest places to Which play. It used to be. Lists. Remember, remember in the eighties when they talked about how like the decimals were super high. And, yeah, that's just you know there were. The I remember watching some Notre Dame games growing up where they had to tell they had to warn the fans. Hey, remember they used to not allow you to get too loud. You had to. They would th- really threaten you. Remember that? Yeah, threaten you with flags that. if it was too loud. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, the, and look, the way they've built the stadium, the the add-on, the crossroads project, like it gets loud in there. Yeah. And it doesn't for take the, much for the right opponent. Right? Yeah. So, I, I don't I don't remember those decimal things for like the Rice game. It was more for like Miami, <laughs> right, Michigan, yeah. you know. And Nick right. Mayer did say Meyer uh Dick, Nick Meyer said uh Clemson at 13 and 0 is the one seat. So we okay. were correct. So Vince, let's see here. Louis. Christopher Sally, my bold prediction, Tyreen Williams have the same number of yards from scrimmage at the end of the season. Interesting. That's a very specific. Even if it's close, right? Yeah. That would be specific. That would be that would be pretty bold. Do you do you see a scenario where Tyree could have more rushing yards, but Kyron has more passing yards, which then puts them kind of similar for overall? Only if Kyron gets hurt. Okay. It would require Kyron to have to miss games. In my okay. opinion, I, right. I, I, that's what I think. I, I'm curious. I, here, here's a fun one. This is good from Bruce Share. Bold prediction: Phil Dracovic takes a grad transfer to Notre Dame for next year. Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that one uh, <laughs> happening. But hey, I wish that, him all the luck. That would be pretty, Notre Dame. That would be pretty good. All right. Um, that's great. Bold that's predictions from Scott Mersinger: This team will stomp a top ten team. I like that. Well, I right like now, that. what? Cincinnati's a top 10 team. So North they, Carolina is also a top 10 team, according to most. They're going to have a shot at both of those. Yeah, I think so. I'm so curious Vince, to see where Cincinnati is when they get to Notre Dame because yeah, they'll play IU. If they're undefeated, they will be top 10 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For absolutely. sure. Because right. there's a lot of Indiana hype going on this year. I hope the Indiana hype's legit. I like Tom Allen a lot. I do too. I, do. I, I, I do just too. don't see it. I don't see the roster. I think the schedule's a little bit challenging i mean they're going to play iowa and cincinnati in the first month of the season yeah yeah that, that's not easy that's tough that's a Here's, tough ask i'm gonna leave a question for you vince before you go because you okay. gotta leave after this right yep. joseph salvatore has a great question that i want you to answer okay. this year would you rather go 11 and 1 with a close loss and a win and win a new york six game big or go 12 and 0 and lose big in the playoffs that's an oh, easy answer for me i'm easy curious for me you, yeah. it's easy for me as well i would be the first one um i i would i would much rather have Notre Dame go eleven and one with a close loss uh, during the regular season, and then win a New Year's Six game big because they're going to be playing a good team mm-hmm. in the New Year's Six because that's the knock on Notre Dame right now. They can't win those big games against mm-hmm. those big teams, and right. a New Year's Six would still be a big game. Is it a playoff win? No, but it's about as close as you can get. And if it's a dominating performance, then yeah, I would I would take that one in a heartbeat. Because why, why are people it, ranking Oklahoma so high this year? It's because what they did to Florida in the Cotton Bowl. Right. Or whatever bowl they played in. Yeah, right. It, it, look, if Notre Dame goes 12-0 and and loses big in the playoffs, we're exactly where we were a year ago. Yeah. You've Nothing's made no changed. progress as a program. Nothing has changed. And again, that's not the – I mean, there's a lot of people that would love to get to the playoff and get stomped sure. every year. No, I get that. But for yeah. Notre Dame, you, you, have, you didn't take that step. Exactly. You know? So first one all the way. I think the, here's, the, here's an even better question. Okay, I'm going to somewhat change – would you rather have eleven and one with a close loss in the regular season with a with a, a, a New Year's Six game, a big win in the New Year's Six, or twelve and zero with a close loss in the playoffs? Mm, see, that makes it a bit different. Um, I'm still taking I'm the still win. saying the first one. Yeah, yeah, I'm still taking the first one because yeah. I would much rather have a win than a close loss. Assuming the only exception would be is if you, I don't want to play Memphis in the right. Cotton Bowl like Penn that's State a, did, that's or exactly Coastal Carolina, that's a, that's or Boise, or UCF. It'd have to be like Florida, matter. Georgia, Oklahoma. Right. It has to be a Power like Five name and a good Power Five. Six. Not like oh yeah. crap, they got Penn State because then no one's going to care if they beat Penn State. Oh, that's Penn correct. State, you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's got to be an SEC team or Oklahoma. Yep, that there's caveats there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, is that it for you, Vince? You got to take off. Or- yeah, I know, I know. But I'm hey, I've got first thirty minutes of practice, so we will see what happens. And uh, I don't. Uh, uh, P.S. Brian, I don't know if you saw they pushed practice to four oh five. Yeah. So, um, Doesn't affect me. I'm going to be the same place I was where no matter what time practice starts. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So in my office, work yesterday at eleven, asking me. I appreciate what it. <laughs> Bye. Well, yeah, I forgot that they moved to the afternoon because <laughs> right. I forgot the school was back in session. Right. I'm like, dude, why aren't you at practice? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> like, uh, like you do know it's like eleven o'clock, right? Like, I'll bad. see you guys tomorrow. See you guys. Thanks, Vince. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.